An article in Forbes magazine titled "Mompreneurs Bring a Lot to the Business World" shares some interesting statistics. There were 12.3 million women-owned businesses in the U.S. in 2020. Those 12.3 million businesses generated 1.9 trillion dollars in revenue. I mean, these numbers just blow my mind to think that women contribute so much. To the not only economy here in U.S. but all over the world. What I wanted to focus on today is how are these women actually able to manage their businesses alongside manage their finances? My guest today is Mr. Lynch from the Demystifying Money podcast. Talk about how do you actually create those perfectly organized finances for mom who own. Businesses who are also business owners, and we talk a lot about in this conversation on this podcast around what structures, what do you need to do in order to keep your personal finances. But it is not the same thing. And so, whether you're starting a business, whether you're already an established business owner, or your business is 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 a very large size, having that separation and the clear structure to run your business and your personal side of finances is what we're focusing on today. So tune in into this conversation. You and I know that making smart financial decisions can be challenging, but in the 21st century, financial freedom is no longer just for the one percent wealthy. It is for you and me. The question is, how do we find time, avoid making painful mistakes, and find the best resources to help us reach our financial goals? Join me on my journey, helping busy families figure out how they can gain financial confidence and clarity. Get actionable tips and learn from the best experts on how to stop trading time for money. It is now the time you started living your best financial life. My name is Anna Shervunina, and welcome to the Money Boss Podcast. Hey, Money Bosses! Anna's here, and welcome back to the Money Boss Podcast. Our guest today is Mr. Lynch, a fee-only certified financial planner and a certified life coach. Who combines the harder side of money with the emotional insider side of her personalities and teaches her clients how to handle finances and lives with confidence? Misty is also a host of a podcast called Demystifying Money. So, Misty, first of all, welcome. I'm so so excited for our conversation today. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm excited to talk about this. Yeah. So let's dive in. Our topic for today is. Finances for the mom business owners, and both of you and I are moms, certified financial planners, business owners. So, <laughs> I think we can spend a lot of time really diving into this topic, which needs to be talked a lot because personal finances are complex. We know that, and then you add、um, the business finances on the top of that, and then the, the craziness that, and you know, the excitement that the mom life brings. I mean, there's just endless conversations. So、um, I wanted to kind of start with、um, really addressing probably the two major parts as we think about a business owner's finances, right?、Um, but it, it's almost like looking at the landscape of you know what money really is. It really starts for most of us from the personal side, right? So here's、mm-hmm. how it all kind of floats into the business. So let's address the financial side, and then maybe we can talk a little bit about the legal because the two really do work together. Yeah, I think it's super important to talk about it. And there's a lot of women that are starting businesses, or in, and it's great to see that. I think a lot of times women 
start businesses because they see something missing in the world that, or a space to fill or something that they feel they could benefit from or something that they want to do. And so I think there's usually like a really genuine, like, need that's not necessarily money first, you know, that women are kind of creating these businesses with and also wanting to be like a good example for their kids and their families and like contribute to, you know, to their family. And so I think it's great to talk about it, but the money side can be a little bit complicated. And I've seen some women that they just kind of start a business and they keep, you know, they keep everything in one account or they don't really separate it. So it just kind of becomes an extension of themselves or like at first, just kind of a hobby that maybe turns into something else. And so I think that it's really important for women to really see themselves as business owners and to see the business as something that's like a separate entity. That's not just a part of them and something that they're good at and that they do. So they could really actually grow it and scale it because women do have a little bit more trouble getting funding and other, you know, income to support their business, to start their business than our male counterparts might when they say, I have a business idea. I want investors or I want capital or I want a loan where women, we're not getting those same opportunities or necessarily have that same example. So it's really important to start to visualize the business as something that's separate from ourselves. And so that's one of the first financial things is just you know, sometimes I talk to people and they feel like it really became a business when they got its own checking account. <laughs> and that can <laughs> know, be just a like simple that. step, but it really is yeah. kind of like, let's, you know, if it's going to be a business, like let's start treating it like one as soon as possible. Yeah, that's very true. I was reading, um, you know, on this topic a lot too, in preparation for our conversation, just to kind of see what's going on. And um, I think we're also like looking back at the last year and a half that we've been going through pandemic and and really sort of seeing and hearing this from, from friends, clients and colleagues about how, you know, how moms, right, or women in general had it um, a lot tougher, you know, over the last uh, year and a half with COVID in terms of, you know, taking care of their uh, families and, you know, watching kids, homeschooling, and, you know, really having the careers or, you know, pursuing that path. So a lot more uh, moms explore the idea of opening businesses, right? Or, or doing things in a non-conventional structure, like nine to five is no longer, you know, the, the normal schedule for, for most. And so um, I agree that sometimes women are, and it's also like amazes me, you know, from day to day. So like, how can I, how am I really managing to get all of these things done, mm-hmm. right? In terms of, you know, client work, making sure the business is running, like the family is taken care of. And I think women are just like, innately are good at like getting that stuff done but like as you said like the structure or the proper steps really make it more official right yeah for them. yeah and um, it also can help with that you know with those thoughts because you're right like we see like okay our family needs us you know we need to do these things we need to like take care of everything homeschool whatever else is going on and so it's almost beneficial sometimes to think of the business as its own thing because if it just seems like it's are something we want to do or one, the things that we know, it tends to get pushed further down the list of priorities because that's just something that I think our brains like to do is we put other people kind of ahead of ourselves. And then we think like, okay, well, who's last, what's time, what, how much time is left? Okay. Well, I'll try to do a little work on the business in the morning or super late Mm -hmm. at night when maybe we're not the most productive. So I think it's really important to start to like think of the business as almost its own thing that has just as much, you know, a seat of a ta- at the table as all of the other things going on, even with all the extra things. And a lot of women did leave the tradition, you know, either the pandemic forced them out of work, but I saw something that said like 
one in four women considered leaving the workforce, one in three mothers, and then mothers of young children, it was even higher because it was just so much. So if you don't have that kind of structure in place, the last thing that you're going to be able to do is, you know, try to, you know, if there's nowhere to put your kids and you don't have a flexible job, it is really tough. And so a lot of businesses are going to be created. And I think they'll continue to be created as people are like, hey, maybe there's something better out there for me. Um, That's definitely the tune that you're hearing these days. So, okay. So let's talk a little bit about structure, whether you're Mm -hmm. a new uh, business owner, you've already had a business and you've really just been focusing on the craft or something, you know, a problem you were trying to solve. So we talked a little bit about like separate, creating that separation between personal finances and the business finances. Mm -hmm. Um, So what's the next, next thing that we can focus on? Yeah. So I think a lot of times because of the funding and maybe, maybe the business did start as a side hustle or it started as something that was just, you know, maybe something you enjoyed or doing or were good at. Um, but I think what's important after you kind of, maybe you, maybe it has its own tax ID maybe you set it up legally as its own thing. Um, so then you could get a bank account for it. You could get a credit card. Maybe if you, if you need it, if you do need, um, you know, if you do have business expenses, which most do, even if it's just the internet, or whatever you're using to conduct your business. And then I think it's important to just start with what you have. And, you know, if there are, you know, I did a lot of my first, you know, I didn't have a marketing budget or anything like that. So I just used social media to tell people what I was doing, how I could help people. Um, I didn't have a beautiful website at first, but I feel like you start with something and then you just continue to improve it as you go. Because a lot of times we'll think, well, I don't want to share this yet. It's not perfect. I don't want to, you know, it's not really a business yet. And it's like, well, it absolutely is. If you have something that you can, you know, do or sell or a service that you can provide and the ability to help people, like you could pretty much be in business pretty quickly. Um, and I think that there's a lot of things we think have to be perfect or have to spend a fortune kind of getting the best tech, the best equipment, the best providers or whatever we need, which is really just untrue. So I think having a bit of a budget to start with and just realizing like, okay, this is how much is coming in. This is how much I need to spend each month and really focusing on that because I'll see people that it really just ends up being an expensive hobby because they're paying all this money to try to build this business or get the best equipment and they're not selling. (laughs) They're not getting any clients yet. And so it's really no different than a hobby. So I think it's really important to have somewhat not, maybe it doesn't have to be a strict budget, but, but a very good idea of, you know, what's going in and what the goals are and where you actually want this business to go. Yeah, I agree that. Um, and a lot of times also where there's like a sort of a crossover happens between personal finances and the, and the actual business is like, well, I, you know, if it's a new business, you may not have enough income coming in, but you're like, okay, well, I'm going to dip into my savings because I got to pay the bills. Like mm-hmm. I got to, you know, whatever it is, if you're, you know, if you're working online, maybe your expenses are less, but at some point, like, and, and also the, one of the conversations I usually have with, with my clients who are talking about, right, maybe possibly starting a business is like, you've got to have some reserves for that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we, we talked a little bit about about, uh, about this at the beginning where like, okay, big you know corporations could probably get funding from outside mm-hmm. investors, but the smaller businesses really started with seeding it themselves, right? Like it's like yeah. that emergency fund that mm-hmm. we, a lot of, you know, we, we, we talk about 
all the time in, 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 in the personal finances. So like with the reserves that you have, right. And having a clear, like understanding, maybe even the conversation with your significant other, like, Hey, this is what we're using, or this is what I want to use for this business. This is the, this is the agreement you should have with yourself because at some point, and you had a point about this too, Misty, that like, it becomes just an expensive hobby. Mm-hmm. So, like when is there like a final say, like, this is going to, you know, work. This is what's going to really make money versus, Hey, I'm just spending time here and, and spending, spending money for not a whole lot of purpose. Right. And it's, it's important. Cause I think you're right. Once you have those conversations, it's like, you don't want to just play business or be like, Oh, well, she has her thing and it's fine. Because if you are hoping to either replace your nine to five income, or you've left that space and are really trying to build that because these women, you know, a lot of them that I work with, they still have student loan debt, they have expensive educations, they still have bills to pay and they have all these things going on. And so I think, you know, just treating it like a business where it can be successful, because most of the time it can, the only thing that, you know, gets in the way are people, you know, the thoughts that they have, like, okay, well, I just need to make 20,000, that'll be enough, or that would be okay. And they can't think bigger than that, because they don't have any proof that it can happen, which you're not going to have when it's a brand new business. But I do think that that's where, you know, you can really start to think about in a perfect world, where would you want this business to grow? How much would you like to be able to bring in? What do you want to offer? Like, what do people want that you can do? And I think that it's really important to kind of set some goals, even if they're frightening and they don't seem realistic, like that's okay. You haven't done this before. It's not going to seem possible. (laughs) It's still okay to, to move forward and to, you know, get support from, and if it's not, you know, your significant other, like, there's a lot of ways where we can, you can network with other women, other business owners, other working moms out there that kind of see what you're doing as being possible where your friends and family might be like, why would you want to do that? That sounds really hard. <laughs> and so sometimes yeah. it's good to kind of look at other people who are maybe doing what you'd like to do. Or in our case, we didn't have a ton of role models, you know, like to look at with like being like women and financial planning, but even just people in general in business that you're like, okay, well, how do they manage it? How do they do this? If I had to find the time, when could I work on this? Or if I didn't have the money to do this marketing, like what could I do in the meantime, before I get there and just be really curious about ways that it could possibly work? Yeah. I'm also finding, and that's very true. Like the, the role, the role modeling and the mentorship has been, you know, one of the things that, that I didn't have uh, growing up in this mm-hmm. business world, but <laughs> things. Yeah. Happen. A lot of us don't. And, you know, women couldn't even have their own bank accounts until like the sixties and the seventies, they could have credit cards. So there's not a ton of like, you know, female entrepreneurs that we can just point to and be like, yes, like this, this definitely is, has worked for so many people. We can't see that. So I think that's another thing that's great about women and moms that are starting businesses. It's like, well, we can be that. <laughs> we could be that for our daughters and our sons and be like, yeah, it's totally possible to do this. Exactly. And talking about this too, is one of the, this is the, why we're bringing this awareness. So I, I also like to talk about this side of the, the, the whole business ownership is like having, having a really good accounting system in place. And and sometimes it sounds like, oh my God, I really hate accounting and I don't want to do the bookkeeping. And that's okay. Like a lot of these tasks, and I think that's also the message we're trying to to share with you today is like a lot of this at some point in your business could be outsourced. Like you could get to a point where you could hire an accountant Mm -hmm. or but initially, right? 
setting up that structure. So let's chat a little bit, little bit, little bit about what does that mean for a business, business owner? Yeah, I think one of the things you can first do, especially when you're first starting out, maybe you haven't outsourced anything, you're going to have expenses. And you mentioned having like a buffer or kind of a fund that was set up because it is going to feel like money is just going out the door. And that's completely normal when you're like, when you're even getting your way into getting your first couple of clients or sales or anything, you're going to be spending money to, to do that. And so keeping track of those expenses from the start is great because you when you come to tax time, even if your business wasn't profitable or year one, or you only made a little bit of money, you having a good record of those expenses will be really helpful for you when you do your taxes, because those business expenses, if you've created a business entity and you have this kind of setup, even if you're just, you know, a sole proprietor, you can, you know, you can deduct those. And so I think that's one reason why from the start, especially when you have those expenses up front, keep track of them, know what they are. Even if you have to go back or you use a separate credit card for them, if the business doesn't have one, just so it's easier for you. Um, but find a way to do that because even, even if it's not profitable, it's not embarrassing. It's actually fine when you get to say like, okay, well, at least we can take, you know, the 10,000 I spent on, you know, software and, and website and this, and, and actually use it to your advantage. So I think that's one way to start. And then, you know, I think automation has made things a lot simpler for keeping track of things. So if you do have online access to your accounts and you're able to, you know, just kind of either put things in, you know, put things in a spreadsheet, put things in a Google drive or a folder or something like that. So when you do have to go back to them and look at them, you know, you, you have those easily available. So I think it is a little bit easier to kind of track things. And I think awareness and tracking is just like the first thing that you can do without having to hire anybody. Um, and then it's just not feeling like that's a failure. If, you know, you have all of these expenses, it's just part of growing a business and starting. And so I think that can be really important, um, as you grow and just having, being in the practice of keeping things organized. Yeah. And I can, I can attest to that in terms of, um, my business is fairly, fairly large in terms of like having employees and working mm -hmm. with external contractors and, and looking at all of these metrics. And so like, yeah, if, if you're starting out and you're doing these things by yourself, and as, as Misty mentioned, like tracking and, and having an awareness, I mean, think about when the business actually grows and you're you're required to be present in a lot of more places, right? Mm -hmm. um, and involve a lot more decisions. It gets to be magnified like a thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and even just having simple systems in place, I think can be very helpful. And then, like I said before, then you can upgrade then you can get, you know, somebody to do the books for you, or you could get things, you know, kind of put in place. But I think at first it's really important just to, to know, to know what's going on and not just be like, Oh, I just spent a lot of money on this, but it was like, you know, it, it was for something. It was, it was for a cause. So I think it's definitely important. And then you are going to want to know, is the business profitable? Am I charging the right amount? Do I need to raise my rates is how many clients, how many products do I need to sell in order to break even. And that's just something that, you know, if you've ever worked in corporate or you've ever worked in any other job, you, you get that. That's important. You have to know these things for a business and it's the same for your own. You really have to know like, okay, where's my break even? When will we turn a profit and, and then adjust accordingly to, to make sure that it's, you know, it's on the radar is something that you want to do. Yeah, exactly. So it's still kind of coming back to that question. Is this really a business or more like a, a hobby that, mm -hmm. that pays you? some additional dollars. 
Um, one thing that I, I mentioned in this, or I, I advocate for this to, to clients when we create their personal financial plans, but I think it applies to a, a business owner is really thinking about um, a team of advisors that you should build for yourself. So mm-hmm. Regardless where you are in this you know, business journey, but start to think about people that could, could be your um, advocates for what you're doing. And so like starting with the simple, like just simple things in terms of finances, but you need to think about, you'll have to find somebody to do your taxes, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. we are all, it's like the, the, the struct, the current structure, right? Has made it, you know, like sort of putting us in a corner every year, we have to file our taxes. So having somebody who can advise you on that, especially when you add a business um, kind of side of things to your uh, returns, it makes things more complicated. But who else um, do we want to add yeah. to that team? Think yeah. That. So I've, I've definitely had people say like, well, I have a CPA, so they're going to tell me like what I should do with my money. And that's not exactly true. They're going to help you on the tax side. But if you do have, you know, if you do become self-employed or start a business, um, you know, you lost your HR department. <laughs> they don't exist anymore. So you are really, you know, that's where I think that I help and add value. And I'm sure you do as well for your clients to say like, okay, well, this is, you know, we need to start our own type of investment account for, to fund your retirement or to help you, you know, when you want to, you know, you can save money for yourself. You can become a more attractive employer. If you, you know, create a 401k plan or something like that. And it's a CPA might tell you that you would, you know, reduce your tax liability if you had that, but they're not going to open that for you and start it unless they're working in a dual role. So I think that's very important. And also they might tell you if you should file as an LLC or an S corp, but they're not lawyers. So having somebody on the legal side to actually like set up the business the right way or the way that you want to is very important. And also um, they can help with contracts because once you start working with people, you want them to know, like when I started the coaching business, I'm working with clients. I am a certified financial planner, but I'm not always their certified financial planner. So I have to have something in place that explains that to them. So they won't say, well, I thought she was going to do a financial plan. It has to be pretty clear in what capacity we work in. And sometimes I work in multiple capacities for the same person, but it's just all very clear. And that's something that a lawyer can help with. Um, And I think that people think lawyers will be expensive, but I think that that upfront can provide so much more peace of mind and confidence that you're doing things properly. Um, and I think it helps my clients know too, that this is actually a serious business. We're engaged in a relationship. And so that can be important too. And then after that, I think you need to talk to somebody about insurance because again, you lost the HR department. You can't just, you know, if you don't have disability insurance and say you're a photographer and you break your shoulder, like you might not be able to work for four months or something like that. So those types of things like life insurance, disability the human side of insurance and, you know, business coverage, if you do need some liability insurance, you know, I think it's really important too, because you don't necessarily want to have a client sue you and have them be able to come after your house or something like that. Cause you never set it up in a way. So it just looks like you're the business. So those things are super important. And once you have those covered, I think, you know, really it just kind of depends on the line of work you're in. Sometimes a business coach can be helpful. Sometimes marketing support can be helpful. All of those things can be helpful as you go, but those are the ones that I would definitely start with. Yeah, I agree. And a lot of times we, cause we, we see this on the personal side when, you know, clients come in and like, okay, I need a financial plan, but I also have a business where 
there's there's lack of the proper legal structure and because again it does bleed into the personal fin- you know finance area and so you mentioned like the legal side i think there's a there's also a big kind of conversation to have around business continuation like if mm-hmm. what happens if you're you know if you can't work yes okay maybe perhaps the disability insurance will provide enough you know income replacement while you're you know let's say you you got sick or something you're recovering but what happens if you aren't going to recover right like what happens to the actual business who takes care of the clients and so like that was actually one of the hardest things for me to sit down and think through like okay Mm -hmm. well and it became even more real once you know once I had our child they're like yeah it's for real I need to think about this so like it's not just about, you know, you at that point, it's about everybody else who's, who surrounds you and who you really want to take care yeah. of. So, so I think true. this continuation, definitely, it's a legal, it could be a legal yeah. document that you put in place, mm-hmm. and especially if you have partners, or it's just like, sit down for yourself and think about it. Tell your spouse, like, Yuri, my husband, he was like, are you serious about this? I'm like, yeah, yeah. this is, we need to talk about it. Because if I can't do all of these things, and I'm not here, or I'm sick or I'm, you know, uh, have no capacity, you're going to have to step in. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was hard conversation, but it, it, it got to a point of, it wasn't just on the first date that it became all real. Um, but yeah, I, I think you need to think about that too. Yeah, totally. Especially because like, if you don't, like I think about the way my father was self-employed, he always has been. And it was just, he just felt like he was the business and there was no, there was no exit strategy. There was no anything. Um, but I think about it for a lot of people that I know now. And if they, if they have a partnership, it's like, it's not, you know, a business partner of mine might not want to go into business with my husband. If something happens to me, my husband might not know how to do what I do. And it just creates chaos and confusion in a uh, already awful time. So I think kind of figuring those things out is very um, responsible. <laughs> it's not, I mean, it's just the same as doing a will and estate planning where it's like, I don't want to think about who would take care of my kids if something happened to us, but at least I did it. And now I don't have to think about it that much anymore. And it's the same with a business because you do want to have the exit in mind. If people want to retire and not work until they're 75, 80 years old, you know, having a structure in place where, you know, like, okay, from a continuity standpoint, like, what happens to my clients? Do I just, you know, do they get kind of reassigned to somebody else? Do they just get nothing? <laughs> like the service is over and, and that's it. But I think knowing, you know, because your business is going to have a value and it's going to be valuable. And so I think having something in place, or at least even if you just say, okay, if I couldn't work, I know a lot of great people that I would recommend. That's better than nothing. hundred percent. Yeah, I am totally. And because, and for both, for both you and I were in, in such a business where you create a lot of personal relationships with your clients, like, cause mm-hmm. you know, the nature of the business that that's one, you know, one thought to keep in mind is like, okay, who takes care of them? Cause I feel yeah. like my clients are family. Like I can't let you down. I have to have a plan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I wouldn't want you to just be like thrown to somebody else. Cause I feel like they're terrible for you. No, you need somebody like you need to go here. Or I would love to see you, you know, like if, you know, eventually like you bring on some like junior, you know, some people that, that work with you that, you know, maybe could be a succession plan for the business, having that all kind of spelled out, I think is good. And it's something our industry has been terrible at where people are like, well, I kind of don't want to ever leave. I kind of want to leave a little bit. And it's like, think about what's best for the client. And, and sometimes that might be your exit and somebody else coming in that has, you know, is motivated to continue to serve them well. Yeah. I also think there's so much, 
advantage to having a business, right? Whether it's a small business or a larger business, because a lot of people think like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go, you know, work for myself or start a business. And like you said, that HR department and all those great benefits. And if you have equity compensation, stock options and RSUs, all kind of gone, but it opens up like this huge door for so much opportunity um, with, you know, with what you don't have and, and, you know, you can acquire those things, insurance, uh, retirement plans and things like that. So it just, it just requires a little bit more creativity for sure. But I'm, I, I, you know, I'm guessing if you're in the business um, ownership space and thinking about it, you already have that kind of train of thought. So not to worry. I think it's just a matter of aligning yourself with the right people um, and, and really getting it all done. So with, with all of this kind of, um, you know, that we discussed in mind, what would be sort of like one closing um kind of cherry on the top of the cake uh, for, our, for our business owners, especially, you know, moms. Yeah. So I think, um, I think one of the hardest things that I've seen for people to deal with is really just the overwhelm, the feeling of, you know, I have so much on my plate. I'm here, but I should be here. I'm with my kid, but I should be working. I'm working, but I miss my family. And so one of the things that I'm really strict about is kind of setting up my, I look at my calendar like every Monday morning and I put on the things that I plan to do. And sometimes that includes taking a nap with my daughter or watching a movie with her at a certain time of day, because when we were doing homeschool, like she really enjoyed watching a movie in the afternoon. And so instead of feeling guilty about it, I looked and I just kind of planned to do these things. Same with exercise, same with taking care of myself. I make sure that that happens because I feel like I'm no good as a mother or as a business person or anything, or as a wife, if I'm like 50%. (laughs) functional. So I think if you can, if you feel those feelings of overwhelm or stress, you can, you have plenty of time. It's just kind of thinking like, okay, how can I do this in a way that feels right? And I'm spending time with the business and things are going to come up. I mean, things, you know, you have to be a little bit flexible, but I feel like I was, I've gotten pretty good at like knowing I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. Like I decided today to try to make a reel. I've never done that before. Somebody told me I had to start doing it. And so I put it on my calendar I did not want to do it when the time came and I didn't want to exercise this morning either. I didn't want, I don't want to do all these things, but if I plan it out in the, a few days in advance, I know that the part of my brain that's trying to get me to be more successful was onto something and I'm just going to do it. And I do exactly what my calendar says I'm going to do when I can. And that's definitely helped me with managing all of the things that we have to do as moms, you know, as working moms. And um, it definitely, it feels like it might be restrictive, but it's actually allowed me to enjoy myself a lot more. Yeah. I I love, I love that suggestion because you're right. Like we can be pulled in so many directions and Mm -hmm. the things you're supposed to do. And especially if we're talking about your business finances and just finances in general, like a lot of people dread that and it never mm-hmm. gets done. So yeah, putting it write it down, spend it. You know, if you, if you say it's going to take 30 minutes, spend 30 minutes. If it takes longer than the next week, you schedule an hour, but you just use that time. And then at least you'll feel like you're making progress every week. Yeah, I know. I want to give you um, all listeners a, a, a funky term. I, I use it a lot um, with clients, but have a money date mm-hmm. with your, you know, Business finances have a money date with your personal finances. Yeah, put it on the calendar. You're not going to want to do it. Do it anyway. (laughs) And if you start to add those trusted advisors that we talked about, like, you know, maybe you set up a meeting with your bookkeeper, maybe you set up a meeting with your, you know, don't avoid those people. They're they're there to help you um, run a successful business. And so, um, yeah, more structure is great. I love it. I love it. 
Um, well, so for uh, for everyone who's um, interested in uh, hearing from you more, Misty, and I know you have the, you have your own podcast. Um, how can folks connect with you? Sure. So I'm pretty easy to find. My website is just mistylynch.com, and on social media, I'm at mistylynchcfp. And also, um, my podcast, uh, Demystifying Money, is on. We have new episodes every Sunday, and I'm really just talking to other um, business owners, entrepreneurs, and you know, women that are doing things, you know, out there with money that just trying to keep that conversation going. So if you like hearing people's stories and how they started their business and some of the things that, you know, maybe were their aha moments or their floor moments more likely, um, then definitely check that out. Just kind of trying to show more examples of what's possible. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Hey, money bosses, are you ready to get your financial life in order? Once and for all, as soon as possible? Are you tired of living paycheck to paycheck? Do you often lose track of how much money you have to spend? Do you want to get your financial life together, but just don't quite know how? I am with you. I've been there. I've struggled through all of these. And I know you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself to get better. So why do you continue to struggle? I know you can get your own money in order. It took me years to figure out. It took me years of pain, struggle, frustration, anger. But you don't have to go through all of that. You don't even have to get a financial planning degree like I did in order to be successful. Allow me to present to you my Money Flow System, a free playbook of how you can automate your finances, even if you hate budgeting. After you download this free playbook, you will never have to worry about budgeting and who likes that budgeting thing anyway. You will stop accumulating debt and create a bulletproof plan of how to quickly pay it off. You will be able to pinpoint exactly what your income and expenses are. You will never have to miss a single bill again. And you will always, always have a solid idea of how much money is in each of your accounts. So head over to money-flowsystem.com to download my free Money Flow Playbook, a blueprint to streamline your finances in less five or five weeks. Guaranteed. Head over to money-flowsystem.com. Hey, Money Boss. Thanks for tuning in today. If this episode did help you, then please be sure to share it with someone else you think will benefit from it too. After all, smart financial decisions are for everyone, uh, so don't be greedy. I hope I can help you even further by sharing with you how thousands of clients I worked with in my career over the last 16 years created their very own successful financial lives on their terms. It's hard for me to do this over an audio, and if you are ready for the next chapter in your life, then be sure to go to MainStreet-Money.com to get your free resource guide to help you begin correcting top six financial mistakes I see people make all the time, such as not having clear financial goals, not having a handle on spending or saving for the future, not knowing how to get rid of all the debts, and of course, not having a clear strategy or plan on how to protect your hard-earned money. Until next time, remember, you are the boss of your money.